All right, trivia question for you guys. Just off the top of my head. Um, what was the name of the ship that came and got the people from Titanic? Are you trolling me right now, though? <laughs> that's, the, that's the Calpurnia? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's the Calpurnia. I, you or what was it, Chris? Uh, Matt asked Carpathia. me to help him with questions. It was Carpathia. Yeah. The okay. Californian was close and didn't do anything. Uh-huh. Right? There were two. Uh-huh. The Californian was the one that was the nearest, and it didn't do anything. The Carpathian ended up coming and picking some people up. Californians are pricks, is right? what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> so here's what happened. That Here's how that night went. Matt was asking me to help him with questions. So anyway, what happened was he wasn't listening to me, and I came up with a good idea. He didn't listen to what I told him, and he wrote it down wrong. That's exactly what happened. And I wish somebody had called in and like defended me. I, I didn't hear it, but... Uh, it, all it, all anybody need to do, like, if you type in the SS Californian, I'm going to type it in right now, okay? And it's, okay, it autofills <laughs> as Siri knowledge. SS California was one of the first steam ships to, let's see, hold on. Known for its inaction during the sinking of the RMS <laughs> Titanic. That's the first sentence. It is Yeah, the, no. Yeah. Despite the being the closest ships, despite being the closest ship in the area, this is well, exactly what I told Matt. That's, that's he wrote weird. it down wrong. That's weird. It says uh, on mine just despite claims by one Chris Tomlin. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it is it the other Chris Tomlin or is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay. it. It's gospel yeah, musician yeah. Chris Tomlin. I can only imagine, really. <laughs> Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast bringing nerd culture to a normal world. I'm your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan. With me, I have assembled a panel of friends and experts to to join us uh, to, as we discuss a whole bunch of a wide variety of nerd topics. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Emmy nominee and uh, Amazon best-selling author. <laughs> Christopher Tomlin. Christopher, thank you for making time in your busy schedule to come on. <laughs> thank you. I'm happy to be considered your friend because I know I'm not the expert you uh, informed me. <laughs> uh, we also have Beth Dunstan here with us. Well, I've won some grants, but sure, just leave that out. <laughs> Librarian extraordinaire. <laughs> we have Bill Sheehy, who does what Bill Sheehy does. Daniel. When you bring me on, can you call me Overcomer? (laughs) (laughs) Only if you will also call me Overcomer. (laughs) All right, copy that, Overcomer. Overcomer out. (laughs) (laughs) That is the funniest name for a movie we'll never see. Nope, no, Uh, (laughs) no, absolutely not. Refuse. Uh, But speaking of a movie that we might see... Uh, Joker had a final trailer come out a week or two ago, but most notably it's been making the film festival circuit, which means some early reviews are coming out. And it is currently sitting at, I think, a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. It was originally considerably higher, but recent negative reviews have brought it down. But some a lot of the buzz has been pretty positive. Yeah, I feel... Like, the first couple of reviews, like, they were giving it, like, I think IGN gave it a 10 and called it a masterpiece. Like, 
Some of the early tweets felt like... Well, IGN will be- does it, calls everything a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not sure <laughs> that's that means anything. Like, here's the thing. IGN can give a movie an 8.5 and say it's a failure on all counts. Uh, yeah, exactly. 7.9, too much water. <laughs> I, I, I'm really... I'm, I'm very intrigued by this because... Mm-hmm. I am of the mindset that it is not going to be as good as pre- as uh, the hype is having us believe. Now, I, I, I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I think that people are surprised. I think that there's a good chance a lot of the critics at the Venice Film Festival might not be superhero movie kind of guys. So mm-hmm. this might be something that's interesting and new to them. The one thing I've read about it repeatedly is it is very derivative of other movies. And... If that's the case, it cannot keep it this high a clip because no. it, I mean it's very clear looking at it that it, it that it's I mean it's it's Martin Scorsese uh, referential city. I mean it's everything. Oh, yeah. I mean yeah. even down to De Niro from King of Comedy. I mean like it's you know like, Taxi Driver you- and um, you know I just. I don't know. I expect this number to go way down once actual American critics get a hold of it. That's yeah. my prediction. I, I expect it to kind of be one of those of like, hey, it's good for a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. But like, there are already people who are either being like, is this going to win the Academy Award? Be I the think, first comic book movie to win Best you know, Picture? Based on what I've heard and what people have said, I don't think it's you know stupid to think that Joaquin could definitely be nominated. Um, oh, he he will I, be. I think yeah. so. I think so too. But it, it's hard for me to believe that a movie from a director who once said in a movie "so long, gay boy" in an obscenely uh, kind of racist Asian accent can do any kind of of Oscar worthy yeah. well, movie. And one okay. thing about this movie that I and I haven't seen it obviously mm. but i i didn't yeah, no, i was i was not at the venice film festival no, none of us um, have been to any of these film festivals um, we've not seen it mm-hmm. but one thing that worries me a little bit is there seems to be a narrative in it that like oh well if only this guy hadn't gone off his meds yeah. and mm. and and that's i'm not sure what that narrative of uh you know mentally uh troubled people are mm-hmm. you know dangerous and are responsible for all the world's problems i'm not sure what that adds to the conversation in our in the year of our lord 2019 right so I, uh, one of the the reviewers even said it was incel friendly which really kind of scares the shit out of me oh jeez is that are we calling <laughs> movies that now <laughs> yeah, <I'm here>. so <laughs> like oh it all just, I can think is all the people who look at the Heath Ledger Joker and don't realize he's the bad guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. if you're, I just don't want it to turn into one of those. Mm-hmm. Though I will say, Bill, like you said, you know, like, oh, a director who said something like that. Never forget, uh, the people who did Green Book are the same people behind Dumb and Dumber. Oh, and, no, I completely believe that. Hell. Did you see that? Did you see Green Book? It was like... <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 that won an Oscar, really? Yeah, it, it just—I <laughs> I don't know, man. Three. <laughs> the the, 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 the big the... positive from this movie, though, I think, and and you guys are much more, you know, comic uh, experts than I am. But from what I understand, this is not—is uh, this an actual storyline from a comic? that we're looking at here because i don't think so because if Mm -hmm. not then we've reached a very important 
peak in our uh, in our um, sort of comic book movie experience, which is we're not complaining when things aren't right anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which we yeah. they've done that. They've beat us over the head with so many different jokers that everybody has finally gone. Yeah, whatever you want to do, that's fine. It doesn't I, matter. I, I will <laughs> say one thing that benefits the Joker in that instance is the fact that of everyone in the DC Comics universe, and Beth can back me up on this, mm-hmm. the Joker does not have an origin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got like 15, but in a way, he also doesn't have one. Isn't, so, there's, isn't there a reference? It, I have read repeated nods to the killing joke, though. Is that mm-hmm. Have you heard that, too? That was one of, I think, the first ones that kind of he gave an origin, and there are a lot of people... Oh no no I mean I mean I've I've heard that this I've heard that oh this, I could see that there's this similarities film is very tied to the Killing Joke yeah, yeah. It, it's because uh, in the Killing Joke I think he's a stand up comedian or someone mm-hmm. who's who's struggling in that and he has a wife he has to try to take care of and all that stuff mm-hmm. so there there are definite similarities Do and you... Thomas Wayne seems to be standing mm-hmm. in for like Commissioner Gordon um in in this movie that yes. as sort of the 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 person that he's set up against. So uh, I don't necessarily consider myself a comic purist just because, you know, I definitely read them growing up, but I never like mm-hmm. actually got into them as as deep as I probably should have. So does that kind of dynamic where we actually have like this origin story for the Joker, does it bother you guys at all that we're going to have this kind of, you know, set in stone you know, this is his origin, and you know, it's this, not, it, I don't. It, think it could so. be just a one-off, and it probably it will is. be a one-off. Yeah, this is coming from what's called DC Black Label, mm-hmm. which is basically just going to be a series of one-offs. Mm-hmm. And I was going to mention that there was a recent period in DC Comics where they canonically had three separate, three alternate versions of the Joker, because mm-hmm. there were three different Jokers from three different time periods in comics history with three different, you know, origins per se, and uh, the the editors of DC Comics couldn't decide which one they liked better, so they just said all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you had three Jokers running around, and nobody acknowledged this. It mm. was just so you could use any or all of them if you wanted. Because so. one of them was even kind of like a little Pennywise-ish, where it's like, oh, he's been a spirit of vengeance that's haunted Gotham <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah. But, like, I think the the thing they frequently do with comics with that is the one person who you tend to hear all these origins from is the Joker. Yeah. And he's the ultimate unreliable narrator. So, so do, like, you, do you think you they'll don't lean know. into that? Re- do you think they'll lean into that in the movie? I mean, maybe, but if you're just telling a one-off story that doesn't even involve Batman and won't at any point in time, but let's say, like, why bother? You know, it it is rated R, and let's say, you know, this movie makes a hundred million dollars its opening weekend, and then it makes them a ton of money, and it's hugely, hugely popular. Do you think, you know, and I I know that that Todd Phillips has already said that they probably won't, that they're not going to do it, but let's say something changes and this is just super, super successful. Yeah, because something very well could change depending on how much money it makes. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that if this does well enough that this will be the Joker that Robert Pattinson's Batman goes up against? No. Mm -hmm. I think if this does well enough, it gets a sequel. Mm -hmm. And I think it remains DC Black Label. But I don't think there's a reality in which this gets tied in to that universe 
Because I also think part of how they got Joaquin Phoenix involved is that it wasn't a standard comic book thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, if, well, if you let, said, no, well, let's be honest. It probably also didn't hurt getting Joaquin Phoenix on board that Heath Ledger won an Oscar for this same role. Yeah. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It is kind of... I mean, at this point, now that Heath Ledger did it, for a good actor, it's probably low-hanging fruit. Like, I, like I thought... like. If you write in a certain way and he plays in a certain way, he's probably like, yeah, this is an easy Oscar nomination. Is right? there any way mm-hmm. this becomes the definitive Joker? You no. Know, like, okay, I don't think that will always I be Jared Leto, Bill. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think they, I think they've even said it's not going to be Jared Leto. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's just like, I don't see that because if the whole premise behind it, actually, uh, interesting quote uh, that Todd Phillips said. I think either yesterday or today. Mm-hmm. So by the time this comes out, like earlier in the week, uh, was basically like we can't. If you look at it honestly, as DC Comics, you can't beat Marvel at its own game. So the trick is don't play its game. Mm. Make like make a movie that is entirely separate. And, like, that's what the premise behind, like, this DC Black label is and all that stuff, is you can make different kinds of movies that are loosely tied in with superheroes. When I say, like, he's the definitive Joker, I'm talking in terms of, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, Heath Ledger is the best Joker. Like, that is Joker to me. Do you think that there's any way that his portrayal as the Joker overtakes that? I think that it depends on the person. Because mm-hmm. there are some people who, there's a lot of people obviously who think Heath Ledger is, is the ultimate Joker. For me, it is Mark Hamill. Yeah. So, okay. um, but um, I don't think anyone has beaten Mark Hamill in my mind as the okay. Joker. And, and, um, but... and the thing is, like, trying to be like, well, who's the definitive, what have you, like, that's all subjective. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's just like, who. Who's your favorite actor to play War Machine? Now, sure, there's one right answer, <laughs> but... But I think it'll just sort of depend on... on I'm, I think he could very well become a lot of people's favorite Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for me, when, when you're talking about favorite Jokers, one, one thing that always gets me is... You know in Taxi Driver, like Travis Bickle, mm-hmm. you he's the protagonist... <laughs> But you never lose sight of the fact that, you know, he's an asshole, right? He's losing like, his mind, yeah. Yeah, like, you, you don't lose sight of that. And I think, like, in a lot of these portrayals of of the Joker, sometimes the filmmakers lose sight of that. And, they, and they're like, oh, no, Joker was right all along, even though Joker is never right all along. So, yeah. like... Yeah. But uh, so I, I there, there's all there's this sort of cult of the Joker, though, like in, in a yes. lot of different media. Um, and I, I find it just a fascinating thing to look at. Um, yeah. I'm really torn on. It's funny that we have this conversation about the, your, who your definitive Joker is, because like I'm very torn because I like it best when the Joker has a uh, dark humor to him. Mm-hmm. I love. I love that. Like, I mean, 
you, uh, people can shit on it all day, but when I was a kid, I thought Jack Nicholson's The Joker was hilarious. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. You yeah, know, great. And, I, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't know any. I didn't know any better. I know, and everybody now probably crucifying for that, but but I liked it, and I liked, like you said, Beth. I liked Mark Hamill's The Joker because he brought a kind of crazy glee to things. Yeah, mm-hmm. but to me. Heath Ledger like blew my mind because I also I think I also knew even though I liked certain renditions of the Joker that at the and I'd read Killing Joke and I'd read some of like the main you know uh, benchmarks in the Joker you know storyline um, and I think that for me Heath Ledger was so good because I always thought the Joker is a true psychopath. And he's scary. He's like, he's so unpredictable. He's scary. And when Heath Ledger played him like that, I was like, okay, this is great. Like, this is exactly what's so great about the Joker and what makes Mm -hmm. him like an actual threatening villain is because Mm -hmm. you don't know what he's going to do. And it looks like Joaquin Phoenix could be setting himself up to kind of have that same convention to his character. And if Mm -hmm. he does... He'll, he might give he's a run a, a run for his money along those lines along like oh, yeah. being a phys- being like a, a a a frightening actual sort of character yeah you know? mm-hmm. well and that's the thing that's made the joker endure so long in comics even is cuz he's not a physical threat to batman mm-hmm. but he's and he's not even necessarily as smart as batman but he's just pure chaos he's right. unpredictable mm-hmm. and so like that's the problem is like the Riddler is a bit more predictable than like the Joker, and you know his characterization. Like like when you said you had the three Jokers, uh, like in that little period of comics. So Joker's a bit of a shapeshifter character, so he's chaotic in that way too because he can go from like the Heath Ledger iteration to the Mark Hamill iteration to the Caesar Romero iteration <laughs> and back, and it all makes sense because. Nothing about the Joker makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's which is why like, I've seen some people who are like, "Oh, well, this will finally be the definitive backstory." It'll be a backstory, mm-hmm. but I, like throughout comics, you've had tons of defin- quote unquote definitive backstories. I am concerned because one thing I read in several reviews was that there are no big set pieces that were not given away in the trailer, so. Uh, that that bothers me because if mm-hmm. what we saw in the trailer is all the movie is, I I'm gonna I'm gonna get bored because I will feel like I will feel like I already kind of have seen that. You know, I'm hoping there's more to it that's gonna surprise. Yeah. Well, I I think I'm obviously gonna go see this. It, I th- and I think there there will be more to it. it. It's just I think it's all in how the execution of how it works. Um, because, you know, they, they've done that before with some Star Wars movies where they've showed some set pieces, but then, you know, they do it in a different light and I think it works. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of conflicted because, you know, on the one hand, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see it just because the Joker's awesome, but it, it just... Some of these reviews do trouble me and some of the things that they're saying, you know, I talked about the incel friendly thing and like how it's it makes it like this mentally unstable person into a hero when he finally like, oh, oh, shucks, he's this guy who just couldn't get a break and then he turns into the Joker. So like yeah. that 
That yeah, stuff that, does concern me, but, you know. No, you're right, Bill. And, and it, it's funny because you said, you know, he, he's awesome. But, I mean, like, I think that, I have again, sight unseen. Mm-hmm. But it looks very much like this is not going to be a Joker who's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be a Joker who's pathetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's what they're setting us up to be like. Here's a loser, you know, yeah. like this dude is, is like, like you just said, got nothing going on for, got nothing mm. going on. He's, and like Beth said earlier, has just gone off his meds, you know, like, mm. and if, if the case is don't look at this guy, like, and if may, and maybe the ultimate, you know, thesis of the movie is why do you think this guy's so awesome? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, that would yeah. be an yeah. interesting, that would that'd be, be interesting. an interesting yeah. takeaway. You know? Okay. Right? I got you. I can dig it. I would actually like that if, like, maybe they just basically showed you. They're like, look, why are you idolizing this guy? Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why like, so serious? He's a piece of garbage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should stop that. Yeah. And I find it interesting because I think that, you know, Christopher Nolan kind of did that, too, in The Dark Knight, that you... Because uh, because Joker is ultimately proven wrong in mm. the movie multiple times. Exactly, he's, he's proven wrong about what he believes, and he just still clings to these little beliefs. And mm-hmm. and he kind of gets more pathetic. Though Heath Ledger's performance is so electric that you lose sight of the fact that yeah. he's looking more and yeah. more pathetic. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. that's the whole point of the uh, the ferry boat scene. Yeah, is because that's his ideology at its final test of. Look, people will do monstrous things themselves. It's like any moment now, and it never happens. And he's just like, he's like, but but why not? Also, can we point out that this is that Zazzy Beats joins yeah. the illustrious list of people who've now been in both DC and Marvel movies? Oh, no, it's mm-hmm. true. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not real Marvel. It's you know, it's Marvel owned by Fox. You yeah. know. <laughs> Well, who knows? The Deadpool movies might get uh, swept into that. I hope if any of them, if any of the movies are going to not probably change, it's going to be that. Yeah, does that? I think Deadpool. I'm leads. such a fan of hers. I would yeah. just totally watch a just Domino movie at this point. Oh, Do you watch it. Atlanta, Beth? I have not watched it yet. I she's gr- she's, she's awesome. Yeah. Is she in the second yeah. season? I've only seen the yeah. first. Yeah. Okay. She plays. Yeah. She plays it. Yeah. He plays his girlfriend season. in both seasons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's her. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, she she needs her own movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd watch a Domino movie mm-hmm. or a Domino Disney Plus series. It's not really all that, you know, marketable. <laughs> and you can do so much slapstick comedy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with her luck powers. Yeah, that would be great. True. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, do a do a, a Domino and Longshot series. The luck-based superheroes. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Like Longshot thinking he's so much cooler than he actually is. That Are was, you going what, to keep that he's his own grandfather in that? Yeah, you have to. You have to. <laughs> okay, it's a key part Just of the character. Sure. <laughs> Okay. And Longshot's such a stupid character. <laughs> Let's see, anyone have any other final thoughts on Joker? I, just, I look forward to seeing what happens when it hits the shores. I think that uh, 
I don't think you're gonna. See, I, I, it might still be great. I don't think you're gonna see it hold hold tight like this. Mm-mm. I I that's sort of I'm I'm interested to see to see it, but I I don't expect it to be a huge overwhelming hit. I predict it to end up at about sixty nine percent. Nice. That's, nice. That's, nice. I was going to ask you guys, like, where over under, you know what, let's just do over under 69%. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you think the Rotten Tomato score will end up after uh, when it finally comes out in a month? I will actually say over, but I don't think it'll be much over. Mm-hmm. I will say the same thing, just mm-hmm. a little over that, but not yeah. by much. Like, I could see a 70 or 71. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bill? Um, I, I think over, I think it might actually go up oh. a little bit. Because I, I, I think a couple of, uh, uh, I think some reviewers who haven't seen it yet are, are going to be more inclined to love it. Um, and I think they'll buy into the hype. So I think it might, it's at 78 right now. I think it could go up to 80. I think it, it I could I think it also depends on the audience you see it with, mm-hmm. because I can definitely see people at these film festivals kind of getting swept up in the experience mm-hmm. and, and like thinking that it's way better than it is. Cause a lot of, <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, <laughs> don't forget too, that the people like this looks like an art film. And mm-hmm. it was at an art. It was at a film festival, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what you're gonna what you're going into is you're gonna get the the Avengers crowd going to see it, of course. Mm-hmm. But you're not necessarily going to get the art film people going to the movies to see Joker. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. yeah. You're not gonna get those intellectual. I don't think you're gonna get a lot of those intellectual art house types that are probably at that film festival and are delighted that they saw a superhero movie that they thought was good. <laughs> and, you know? and part of it, because there have been stories coming out of like, oh, and you know, when it premiered, it had an eight-minute standing ovation. <laughs> Here's the thing to remember with all those film festivals. The cast and crew are there. Yeah. yeah. Which means, like, it's they kept clapping long enough for them to walk out on stage. <laughs> yeah. Every movie at every film uh, festival gets yeah. a standing ovation. I think exactly, Attack yeah. of the Clones premiered at Cannes, and I think it probably <laughs> <laughs> got an eight-minute uh, standing ovation. I saw a movie at Sundance with Zach Galifianakis and Jenny Slate in it, oh, and God. it was awful. Awful. And I like both of those people so much, and the movie was a dog. And people still gave it a standing ovation. And I was looking around like, you did not like this. This uh-huh. is not what you... You could not have liked this. And yeah. that's when you looked, and you happened to be sitting next to Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, and then, and then, I, then I saw them come out to do questions uh-huh. and answers. Like, this is why everybody's doing it. It's because they're here. You know what? Uh-huh. You know, Wait till people see this thing in a theater. It's awful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, Chris Tomlin, something that you said. Um, I don't know why I said your full name there, but (laughs) I will only call you by your first name from now on. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Best selling Amazon writer, Chris. One thing that you said, uh, like made me think, I I wonder if like you were saying a lot of these like art house critics, like went to yet another festival full Mm -hmm. of films with like rich people in seaside houses, like experiencing Mm -hmm. ennui and Mm -hmm. like, they went to a film and it actually had to plot and they had a moment where they were like, wait, wait, is, is this, mm. is this the storytelling experience everyone else experiences? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Do, yeah. Is this what happens when oh. things happen? <laughs> do they? <laughs> are they? Uh, similarly, I'd also like to see a cross section of people who saw that that watched all twenty three Marvel movies. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Serious question about these critics: Are they allowed to drink at these festivals? Because I think that could probably. Could help a little bit. I am know? sure wine. Flows. Yes, you are. You are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So someone's sneaking in a flask of bourbon and is like this. Wow. I don't think you even have to sneak it yeah, in. I think they just, probably serve it. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix himself is giving you a flask and telling you, "Hey, just sit down and enjoy the ride, man." Well, let's move on to a sort of quick little teaser trailer that ah, came out, ah. but one I am desperate to hear Chris Tomlin's opinion <laughs> of. Uh, so this was. Uh, before the movie It, there is a moment that looks like it's basically supposed to be a false start to the movie kind of trailer, and then it turns out to be a teaser for... Hold on. <clears throat> Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I refuse to let you call it that. Just call it Birds <laughs> of Prey. That's all we're calling it. I'm putting Chris. a moratorium on everybody saying that dumb <laughs> subtitle. Emmy-nominated Chris Tomlin... Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is the full name of the of this film. I, you I have to not call, call it that. Can we can uh, we get a good acronym for that? Is there uh, an interesting acronym for that? Uh, like B -O like L O T R B O P A T F E O O H Q. H Q. Yeah, to Fayok. Okay, we got it. Buff to Buff to Yes, please. All right. So I'm putting that on a shirt. I don't care. It's it's catchy. So Buff to had a teaser trailer, and I I saw one article by the way that was like, oh, this is something because they made a big deal about this is only going to air before it in theaters. We're not putting this online. And it leaked online a week beforehand. <laughs> of course it did. Of course it did. What and, did you think was going to happen? And the thing is, though, because like I saw an article that was just written about, and they're like, well, this couldn't work online. And I was like, it's, yeah, it, it can. It does. It does, It's though. fine. Like, oh, yeah. And they said, like, well, think of it. Like, the audience would have been so surprised when Harley Quinn walked out. I was like, unless they'd paid attention to the giant DC logo. Yeah, yeah. It's on they screen forever. Sizzle reel as a trailer. What? Are, how would this yeah, not work a as teaser. a trailer? It's a yeah, teaser. Yeah, why would this not work as a teaser? That's so dumb. Yeah, it's, it's so dumb. And it's basically just Harley Quinn coming out. She hits some balloons mm -hmm. after they play like the music from it, and she's just like, mm -hmm. "I'm tired of clowns." Okay. And then they show. Like about I don't know four forty shots in five seconds so, from the movie. I'm so glad you said that because literally today I watched that trailer and I said, "What did I just see?" I couldn't yeah. I couldn't process any of it, and I watched it four more times and I tried to even pause it, and it was too fast for me to even pause on scenes I wanted to see. And if I had seen that in the theater, I'd have just been like, oh, well, that was a thing. Can we go on now? Like, what's I'm next? I'm glad that was your experience, too, because I, I just watched it several times and had the exact same response. No. Like, mm -hmm. I have no idea what just happened. For the longest time, the only thing I could make out from it 
was uh, Ewan McGregor going like, woo! And that was like, because <laughs> yeah. that shot lingers yeah. for just long uh-huh. enough for you to see it. And then everything else is like, that's just a blur of stuff. Why <laughs> is Obi-Wan Kenobi in a black satin suit? And why is there black... Is it ha- black satin? It almost looked blue in a couple I, shots. Y- you know what? As I'm looking satin. at it, that's right. It's a teen. It, there's so much ha- so much happening here. There's There's nothing... Nothing that like sticks out besides just like Obi Wan screaming at somebody. I'll say this: it looks colorful, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and that that I as as is the only you know takeaway I could process with my brain. It was uh-huh. yeah. fine enough for me that I was like, you know what? At least it's not going to be a bunch of shadows and yeah, darkness and alleys. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe there'll be, if it's a colorful, I mean, maybe the tone of this movie is going to be fun. And you know, that, that was at least something. It, you could, it does yeah, it, it feel looks, like it looks bright and colorful. Yeah. It should be fun. You know, it's the, it's the birds of prey and the confusing amount of images for one Chris Tom. With it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like a very pointed, like big screw you to Jared Leto too. <laughs> like, it's just like, no, cl- I'm so through with cr- clowns and Jared Leto. If he's not in but this, then I think she herself no. is a clown. Nah, nah, she ain't a clown. Look at her. <laughs> no, she's clowning, That's but I don't true. think that makes her a clown. I think here's, it's- oh, here's what this trailer showed me. You can put Margot Robbie in as mu- as much makeup as much uh, trying to make her look un like un beautiful and she still looks beautiful i don't care it 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 was my point that was my point with daisy ridley last week Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) Yeah. it doesn't matter you could cover her in mud and put her in a plastic bag and she would still look good well you know my my uh daniel you know that my opinions towards the character of harleen quinzel is uh are 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 well known um Of of course i feel like it is just a uh a manufactured uh, uh, character to sell Halloween costumes and further uh-huh. the cosplay industry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, I, and no. I think I even said to you one time, maybe they'll give her a couple more outfits here for the cosplayers to add to their arsenal. Um, but I mean, I'm glad they took your suggestion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just am so exhausted by this character. I mean, we've only seen her in one movie and I'm exhausted by the character. Like I just like, mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just, and, it's like somebody who you just look at and you go, God, well, they, they really say, think they're something. <laughs> I will say this, because I know you're not entirely exhausted on the character, just probably this version of it, because we've yeah. talked about how you're excited for the animated show. That's true. I am. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, yeah, maybe it's just this, maybe it's just the way, and I like Margot Robbie. I think she's a talented actress, and I think that she's... Very, very capable, and I thought that she was fine in Suicide Squad, but I just kind of felt like she the the scenery chewing just got to be so much, even in Suicide Squad, which is just nothing but scenery chewing because there's no there was no substance to it. So I don't know. I just I, I I'm hoping I'm count me on the count me in the camp that hopes there's a lot of birds of prey stuff in here because I am. Very interested in that. I'm not so interested in Harley Quinn, and I have a feeling that if she dominates this movie, I'm going to hate it. Well, supposedly this started as, like, after Suicide Squad, they promised her her own movie. And, like, originally the plan was, like, it was her and Poison Ivy and Catwoman, and then that somehow changed to Birds of Prey. 
and like I think part of it just began as like well people liked her in Suicide Squad so we should do something else with her but like that was kind of as far as the initial thought process went and then they spent years trying to nail down what that is who knows maybe this is it so can you give us you know, for and I, I I've read the article but it's been a while and there are probably people out there like me who don't realize who's going to be in this movie. Can you do like a quick rundown of who uh, comic fans can expect to see show up in this movie? Sure. Give me just a second here. <laughs> well, we I think can. you're going to see Huntress. Yeah, or and Helena, Black Canary. Yeah, mm-hmm. Helena Bertinelli. And so she, in the comics, is the daughter of like an assassin family. And she she uses a is crossbow. Is it assassin or gangsters? I mean, I think it's both. But <laughs> she, gangsters who assassinate. But um, and uh, she is being played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, mm. who she's great. Probably I like for her a lot. Our audience, probably for our audience, most people would recognize her as Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim or in mm-hmm. uh, Final Destination Three. That, that's yep. exactly where I was going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Or Tin Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, she uses yes. a crossbow and a motorbike. And mm-hmm. I is Black Canary in here too? Yep. Or yeah, Black Canary is in it. And she screams, uh, right? Is that her thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, She's she got has super sonic scream. scream. <laughs> yeah. And um, like sometimes she has some technology that helps her do it. Sometimes she can just do it. So um, I hope they go with just that she can just do it because mm-hmm. that's always the more fun. It would have more suspense if sometimes she couldn't do it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like she can, like she can, like hurt her throat to where she can't constantly do it. So she has to be like, on vocal rest at some point. <laughs> like, That'd be awful. Well, it's the she same thing as like uh-huh. Bill. It's the same thing as like if you tried to scream constantly, you would hit a point where you couldn't. Well, I'm not listen, asking you to try before you go. <laughs> have you heard me talk before? Do you think that's that's basically what I do. Well, but she has to, you know, be able to take a breath. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. So, uh, Cassandra Kane is also in this. Mm-hmm. Who she... She was is... raised as an assassin, and, like, she didn't talk in the comics for a while. She was Batgirl for a little bit. Um, and uh, she mostly talked with... Uh, she was mute for a long time and mostly communicated via sign language. Uh-huh. Um but uh, she was just a really, really, really good fighter, basically. Yep. And uh, Ewan McGregor is playing Black Mask. He's basically like a mob mafia ruler in Gotham. Uh, in the comics, he like has a disfigured face that is looks like a skull. He's basically the Red Skull. Only his his skull is black and not red. Mm-hmm. Are they going to do yep. that? Are they going to do that in this? I'm I assuming. saw an image. I saw an image where it looked like there might be like a mask mm-hmm. that makes it look like a skull. But I mean, they paid all that money for you and McGregor's face. They're not gonna try to do away with that. Yeah, I, and honestly, you and McGregor doesn't scream out huge crime boss to me. Like I'm a, obviously <laughs> like you know I'm biased. I like him a lot, but like I, it just doesn't feel like the right. I could be wrong, and I'm probably wrong. If I, I could will see say... him doing the gentlemanly crime lord thing. Uh-huh. That's well, I, yeah. I would actually say there have been plenty of times, uh, even an animated movie of Under the Red Hood, mm-hmm. where Black Mask is, despite looking like he looks, 
can be kind of charismatic mm-hmm. to where like people will still want to look work for him. Yeah. I mean in in Under the Red Hood, like anytime someone stares too intently at his face, he punches them. But they keep coming back. Yeah. And like so I could see as an almost semi likable villain. Mm-hmm. You have Ewan McGregor. Looks like you also have Victor Zaz in the movie. Who Who's playing is just him? like a uh Chris Messina. Oh, okay. I know that that she's in the newsroom. Yep. And Argo, bunch of other stuff. But he uh he is playing Victor Zaz, who will probably be more or less I would imagine either a either it's a separate obstacle for the birds of prey or some kind of enforcer for Black Mask where you have he's just a crazy serial killer. Yeah. That's every iteration of that character that I know is uh plays that's exactly how he how he's played. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's he's just a dude who keeps tally marks of everyone <laughs> he's ever killed. Yeah. It's it's hard to be like and here's how he works in functional society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has yeah, a desk he, job. He, he's covered very pretty well in the Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are great games. That's actually how I first heard about him. <laughs> I think Black Mask is in Origins, but yeah. Origins is the worst of them. So. Well, and even then he oh, was he's ba- like the he's like the main character, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he's he the main is. Villain, yeah, but. Okay, I won't tell you the plot twist or the. Well, the no, he's he's the main villain aside from the one that's in all the Arkham games. He's kind of the main villain. Is the Joker the main villain? Yeah, it turns out that yeah. Spoiler alert for a seven-year-old game <laughs> that it wasn't you and McGregor wearing the mask. The Joker was wearing the black mask the entire time. So, oh, like actually, okay. like that, not not great. <laughs> Origins had some problems. Yeah, really. <laughs> Origins had a lot of problems. Yes, it did. Uh, and anyone else have any Birds of Prey thoughts? When's it coming out? I don't think we have a release date I think yet. It said February, February, right? Uh, February twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. yeah, February twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep seeing things that say twenty twenty and thinking. Oh man, we got to wait a long time for that. And then I realize yeah. it's almost the end <laughs> like, of September. Yeah. Oh. February 7th, 2020. That is five days before my birthday, so that'll be a good birthday present to myself. Yep. You could come up with something nicer than that for you. I know, I could. (laughs) Come on! I know, that's true. Sounds like they're trying to recreate some Deadpool magic there. Yeah. I think everybody who's ever, any like kind of superhero movie that's not serious or not part of the MCU, I felt feel is like tried to do something like that. You I, know? I think they go on two extremes. I think they are now either trying to be Deadpool or they try to be Guardians. Oh my god! If they get cute and have her addressing the camera the whole time, <laughs> I'm going to walk out. I think they, Suicide. They did that in a comic. I bet a million. I, bucks I they bet do. they do as well. There was a com like she did that occasionally in her most recent comic huh. series, and there's one issue in particular where they're like, "Oh, there's a special issue," and she's just constantly talking to I, the writers of the comic. Even, I was like, "Because uh, even the way this thing is set up, it's like here's your movie, but uh oh, Harley Quinn's here to hijack your movie, you know?" So yeah. I will bet you guys twenty dollars that we will get the stereotypical. So I bet you're wondering how we got here. <laughs> <Needle scratch. laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, it'll it'll be a movie. It, that, that, it will certainly be that, Daniel. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four comes out June. Does what? it really? Yeah. God damn, that feels like that movie's been in development for like eight years. Yeah, that makes me worried about it. That it's been yeah. sort of. I feel like it's been being worked on for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what happened mainly is it just got delayed. Because after Justice League, no one knew what was going to work in the DC universe. And they kind of delayed a lot of projects after that. Honestly, everything was sort of in development hell for a very long time. Yeah, they were just kind of like, oh shit, our big Avengers type movie didn't work. Well, we needed to go back to the drawing board on that. And here's the thing, like... I think since Justice League, we've gotten Aquaman, Shazam, and Joker, and uh, that they all appear to be good. So, like, it it seems like they've been on kind of a roll. I I don't like we'll we'll see once Joker comes out. But like, I liked Aquaman a lot. It was dumb and it was silly, and I loved it. And then Shazam was just I fun. loved Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. DC has been on a roll since Justice League. So. I mean that's that's two movies, almost three movies. So, you know, who's who knows? It, I, yeah. I I don't know if I'm as worried as Chris because I think Wonder Woman was awesome, and I think the same people are involved with that one. So like, I feel like it could be. It, I I think it has enough good mojo behind it. So I don't know. We'll we'll see though. But yeah, DC's been on kind of a roll since Justice League. We're gonna try to do a quick round of what we've missed. Uh, this is just some of the some of the fun stuff that we've missed since we've been away. Uh, we'll try to go through this kind of quickly. So, hot takes all around, everyone. Taika Waititi in talks to join the cast of Suicide Squad. Uh, we don't know as who, but potentially could be joining James Gunn's Suicide Squad cast, joining people like Idris Elba, Flula Borg, Nathan Fillion, Steve Agee as King Shark. Taika Waititi... That cast... Has Didn't he played... be the other Australian guy that was in the yeah. Suicide Squad? Yeah, he could be <laughs> Captain Boomerang. Let's just make him the new <laughs> yeah, Captain, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I would love it. From and, and once again, I haven't seen this. By all accounts, Taika Waititi plays a great Hitler. So, you know, put him in <laughs> Oh, man. So put... Uh, do you think some Mar- some Disney executives, when they saw that, were like, uh... I nah. bet there was an email of uh-huh. who gave this the green light. I bet there was a... Definitely somebody traced that back. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're like, like, they like, we need to see what happens here, and we need to have a plan well, of action uh-huh. in case it all goes south. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Because they've already announced, like, he's doing the next Thor. They're just like, we can't... We can't let him just completely fall apart. That shows me that he can do pretty much anything. Because, <laughs> you know, like, he's going to be in the Mandalorian in two months. So, like, he's got that, and then he's got Thor, and then... I really like him as you know. I I I am a little bit worried that he can be come across as a little like you know too Korgish, where he has that that same kind of you know Korg disposition where he's like you know hey what's up I'm Korg and uh you know we started a revolution eh, and didn't he's got I think he's got more range yeah, than that I think I'm just I I I think you when in doubt cast Taika Waititi in your movie you know that's just all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and Chris, uh, also in this cast already is still Margot Robbie, so mm-hmm. you'll f- keep getting more and more Harley Quinn. It's what the world wants. 
anyone have any characters they think Taika Waititi should play in Suicide Squad? Um, any villains that come to mind? Harley Quinn. Harley. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he'd make a great uh-huh. Poison Ivy. Yeah. He- <laughs> <laughs> I want the outfit to stay exactly the uh-huh. same. <laughs> oh God, I don't. I have no idea. I. My, like, I feel like Suicide Squad is, like, not the B-list of villains, like, at this point, but, like, C-list. And so, like, mm-hmm. my knowledge yeah. of the, the DC supervillains is, like, mid-B range is where it ends. So, like... Well, because there were, like, ru- there are rumors Nathan Fillion might be playing Catman. You see, that wasn't, like... Didn't Adam West play Catman and the Fairly Odd Parents? So, like, isn't that, like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, there's a separate Catman in DC Comics. <laughs> is there real? Okay, I see. I had no yeah. idea. My full knowledge of Catman was based on the Fairly Odd Parents. Thank you, Butch Hartman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have no idea. He could be playing um, Stapler Man, for all I know. I want Taika Waititi to play the husband who is trapped in Katana's sword, who occasionally <laughs> like comes out to like say, you know. Are you sure you turned the oven off, or uh-huh. something like that? You know. I think uh. Taika should be the guy who the the only part, like thing that he should say in the movie is, "What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad?" Just every that's his, <laughs> his, his all that's all he, he says. He should play the new Slipknot, the yeah. man who can climb <laughs> anything, who exists only to get his head blown off. Mm. Mm. I I hope that this movie it there was a really fun movie that didn't get out of Suicide Squad, that was trapped mm-hmm. in Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. And I really hope that James Gunn can do that. Because yeah, me too. James Gunn, is it, he, he, he has a real knack for writing engaging and very funny movies. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that if he brings it to this, I think he could even potentially have more fun with a movie like this than even Guardians. And that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. so I would love to see him just kind of let himself off his own leash. And just mm-hmm. kind of go to town on this thing. And I, I think it, if that happens, I think it'll be super fun. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think DC will give him that. You know, I'll let, let him be uh, James Gunn Unchained. So I think yeah. that that's really exciting to me. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to this. I think if anyone can pull this off, it's James Gunn. Mm-hmm. The only other person I would say that could pull it off is Taika Waititi. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> is he just involved because he's a friend of James Gunn? I mean, like, maybe is that, is that where that comes from? Well, maybe. And I mean, he's I think a lot of these people are probably voice mm-hmm. cast as they do like CGI characters like King Shark. And Taika Waititi's got a good voice. Yeah, he does. He's 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 good at conveying a lot with it. So I just like to take this time uh, as as I do often in my daily life. <laughs> to remind everybody listening to watch what we do in the shadows, the TV yep. show, because the TV, sh- the movie is great, and the TV show is just as good. This has been a public right. service. I will, ne- I will never stop beating the, the drum of that TV show because the movie is great and everybody knows that. But like the TV show was really good too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see, moving on to other casting news. Marvel is currently eyeing Haley Steinfeld for a lead role in the Hawkeye series. Woo-hoo. Which would probably make her Kate Bishop. Yep. I th- 
think it makes well, sense. Female Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's there are two exactly two lead roles in the Hawkeye series and they're both named Hawkeye. So that basically confirms that it's going to take place like 4 or 5 years after Endgame cuz like she's how old is she in Endgame like 12? I don't uh, no, think well, that's it's, not it's Kate not Bishop. His, yeah, it's not no, his it's daughter. Not his daughter. It's, oh. it's a different. So Kate Bishop is from a a book series called The Young Avengers by Alan Heinberg. A Heinberg. great book series. It's it's a great book series. Uh, by a guy named Alan Heinberg, mm-hmm. and um, and Kate Bishop is the daughter of a wealthy businessman who uh, gets attacked in the park one day, and she takes uh, uh, the trauma from that attack, and she decides to uh, try to learn to defend herself, and she styles herself after Hawkeye as another sort mm-hmm. of bow and arrow close combat person. And she, she, she learns how to use a bow and arrow well, as well as a lot of hand-to-hand combat, and during the events of that book, she sort of kind of takes on the mantle of Hawkeye. Yes. And okay. she becomes a leader in her own right, and uh, in, in a lot of the Hawkeye comics, like even Clint Barton repeatedly says that she's a better Hawkeye than he is. Jeez, okay. But, so. she, she is, in the comics, generally just as good a shot. Okay. Yeah. If not even sometimes better. And she's not she doesn't have some of the emotional damage and weight he always seems to have in the comics. <laughs> she's probably a little smarter. Yeah. And Does she notably have hope? Clint's Huh? She has hope. Does she yeah. have don't give him hope. <laughs> but Well notably Clint's dog likes her better than uh Clint's dog even likes Clint. So, in the comics, yes. so. But Clint's dog doesn't like her as much as Clint's dog likes pizza. Mm-hmm. This is true. Uh, isn't the dog's name Arrow? I think so. That's what I thought. But yeah, I, uh, this this series looks like it's based on a the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye from a few years ago, which is a fantastic series super funny too really really funny it's really funny they do a whole issue from the perspective of the dog so like even the dialogue is you're just barely hearing the occasional word because he's a dog (laughs) and Uh, like the words he understands are like walk or treat or you know cookie mm -hmm. something like that and then I think, like, the next issue, you kind of saw those same events, but from, like, Clint's perspective, <laughs> and it made more sense. Jeez. But it, it's a really fun series, really inventive art style. Uh, I'm excited for it. I think. Yeah. It, I mean, we, we're still years away from this show, mm-hmm. but. And I love Kaylee Steinfeld in True Grit. And oh, yeah. since then, and I thought I'm she was pretty good in Bumblebee excited. too. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, if she does take the role. I, I really am excited about her stepping into it. Oh, she's a legit actress. I mean that that's yep. a oh yeah that's that's unarguably a big get for a TV yeah. show. I mean right. like she's oh, yeah. in fact I, if I'm not mistaken, I think she was even up for an Oscar for True Grit. Yes, she, she was. was. Yeah, her she best supporting really. actress. Yeah, even Damn, though she's okay. the lead actress in the movie, she was yeah. nominated as best right. supporting actress. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and there's an argument that she should have won it because she was so good in that. I mean, yes, she was. Oh yeah, but 
No, she's she's fantastic. She'd make a great Kate Bishop. We could slowly build up to where we could get an actual Young Avengers movie. You just need, you know, now if you've got a Kate Bishop, you just need... Uh, Let's not get into the Wiccan continuity again, I was, Daniel. I was, yeah, you just need Wanda <laughs> and her two weird spirit children. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that it gets weird, but great, great book that you should totally read. Spe- speaking of wonderful book series, Discworld. Uh, there's another show... Coming to BBC based on the Night Watch in the Discworld from the Terry Pratchett books. Is this about Frisbee uh, Golf? Universe? It, it is not. <laughs> okay. Discworld is about a. It's. It is. What if the world was flat and on the back of four elephants that were on the shell of a giant turtle, the great Atuin, as he flew through space? That's, a, that's hilarious, Dan. You said, "What if the world was flat?" Come on. <laughs> no, fair point, fair point. It's a true history of Did Kyrie our world. Irving take over this pod? Good lord. <laughs> what I love but, about Discworld is that it is absolutely wonderful biting satire mm-hmm. because the whole point of Discworld is that it's a it's the world of like Lord of the Rings but far in the future of Lord of the Rings where everybody has settled in the big city and they're just trying to stretch a dollar. So you've got like dwarves and, uh, you know, ogres and trolls and they're all living together. And he uses that to really tear apart like British society, but also, but, but in a loving way, but uh, it's, he, he tears into bureaucracy. He tears into policing. He, he, he really uh, looks at all forms of like British society, mm-hmm. and it's it's hilarious. You know the the, it, the press. Uh, what is this going to be on? Is this a movie series? What is this going to be? Uh, BBC is, I think, putting it out as a mini series. Well, I'll tell you what the I, the plate was broken and the gloves were thrown down with how good Good Omens was. Yeah, and so I mean, yeah. like, this is the kind of thing where. You do it right, and it kills. You do it wrong, and it's going to be a, well, a, a disaster. And I will say this. BBC has done a couple uh, Discworld shows or miniseries already, and they're usually not terrible. No, no, you're right. Um, they're pretty good. Going Postal is a lot of fun. Uh, Charles Dance plays Lord Veterinary. I really hope they get him back, because he's really great at it. I like Hogfather a lot as well. Hogfather's good. Todd Father, uh, that was a uh, that made me think of Stranger Things, the new season of Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> Color of Magic was fun. Mm. It had what Sean Astin and Tim Curry. Didn't the BBC's rendition of Hitchhiker's Guide do fairly well over there? Oh, like when they did the like ba- old yeah, show? yeah yeah like yeah a long yeah time yeah ago. like it's pretty well regarded, mm-hmm. isn't it? I never, well, I don't I think, think I ever watched it, but. I think Douglas Adams even wrote for that, because mm. that was way back in the day, yeah. when he was also writing for Doctor Who. Interesting. I'll say, if someone's interested in looking into these books, uh, I would recommend, I I think I started with Going Postal. Like, there, you can read them in chronological order, or you can pick them up and generally be fine. My favorite in the series is one called Thud, which Thud is about is the city really watch. good. How many it's are a, there? It's a... Oh, oh, there's geez. like probably forty or fifty. 
really? you you don't it, have to he he yeah. wrote like sometimes one or two books a year but they were it was incredible because they were all great so mm-hmm. um and the thing is it splits across like there's a whole series of books that focus on the watch there's a whole series of books that focus on moist von litvig there's a whole series that focus on the witches and then like a bunch of a lot of different kind of characters you can follow there's a one-off that focuses on the newspaper called the truth that is really good they are fantastic books I wish I wish Terry Pratchett was still alive so he could keep writing more. But they they can't be that long if he's turning out two a year. No, they're not very long. No, they're not that. terribly long. Yeah. And he, he he didn't turn out like two a year every year, but um but he he certainly put them out very often. And uh they're they're a wide range of genres and even they're for a wide mm-hmm. range of audiences, like um, like if but you they're have, all hilarious. Yeah, they're all hilarious. If you have older kids, I would recommend The We Free Men, by uh, which is a really fun children's slash YA novel about a a young witch uh, trying to rescue her brother from fairies with the help of mm-hmm. very profane little Scottish pixies. <laughs> yep. Speaking of, can uh, I can I ask a quick side question? And I don't yeah, I, I don't want to get into it because I don't know anything about it. I just Wondered if anybody had watched Carnival Row. I have not seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. Have you heard anything about it? I mean, I don't... I don't think I've really heard... I've seen ads for it, but I'm not sure I've heard anyone really talking about it. That's probably not a good sign. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, the tricky thing is now there's, like, so much stuff going up at any time. It's Mm -hmm. sort of... The the one to... thing I thought was that looks very gray in every sense of the word. Yes, it it looks very very yeah. gray. Huh. <laughs> it looks like so... Penny. It looks like Penny Dreadful to me. Like if yeah. you if really you had does, said yeah. this is the new season of Penny Dreadful, I'd have been like, okay. I would not even have put it together that it wasn't Josh Hartnett. <laughs> I would have just looked at the trailer and gone, okay. <laughs> no, you're totally right. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, average tomato meter score fifty five percent. Audience score of eighty seven. And mm. I have an ad for Perfect Har- Harmony on next to it. So. Oh, thank God! Make that I'm glad somebody will. has that review. <laughs> I I might give an episode or two a watch at some point, but yeah, it's I've seen it advertised, but I've not heard anyone talking about like, hey, I've been watching this and it's great. Yeah, I haven't either. I, I, in fact, I saw Orlando Bloom on a show the other day, and I was like, oh, he's in that show. Oh, that show's out already. Okay, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that was literally how I registered it. And but when you said fairies, I thought you know. um uh, what's her name? Cara Delevingne has gigantic wings yeah. in every scene I see her in, so I figure she, yeah. that's what she must be in that. I think she is some kind of fairy, yeah. I had heard just from uh, a couple people who've who've uh, read articles about, like not necessarily watched it, but like read <laughs> articles about it that say that it, uh, like, uh, it's trying to do sort of an immigration thing with the fairies, which. You know, is such a novel and and you know, such a novel concept, like never been thought of before. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you know, using those uh, using fantasy creatures as a metaphor for this stuff worked so well for Bright that other people <laughs> need to mem- to 
Well, uh, uh, don't, and don't forget. Well, don't forget. Uh, fairies single-handedly brought down True Blood. (laughs) 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 This is true, yeah. Yeah, because everyone's talking about how great Uh, that show is, and it just all petered out at some (laughs) point. Then all of a sudden, fairies are involved, and it was like, this is too much, I'm out. I'm fine with vampires and werewolves, but fairies is a step too far. You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. <laughs> you got your pe- chocolate peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> I tell you the the scene that makes me so mad in True Blood is it, because <laughs> she's like Anna Paquin's character Suki is so stupid in it. Like she's being threatened by vampires and werewolves all the time, and she learns she has these powers that she could possibly defend herself with. And then she's out in her yard, like, trying to use them all up because she wants to be normal and not have powers. And it's like, you have a way to defend yourself, and you're just trying to use it up and be normal again. You are the stupidest woman alive. You don't live in a normal world. You live in a world where things are trying (laughs) to kill you. You should keep those around. Yes. It's like I don't powers. I need to get rid of those. It's like I don't own a gun. I don't want to own a gun. But if all of a sudden you told me tomorrow the yakuza was coming for me, the first thing I'd do would be buy a gun. <laughs> like that. That scene was like and the you moment. Wouldn't just take it into the yard and empty the clip yeah. into the ground. <laughs> that was like the scene that made me like that made me go from watching the show to like hate watching the yeah. show because I was so angry at her (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh let's see real quick moving on to the next one here uh quick one watchmen the series gets a release date october 20th i mean it looks interesting i think it looks really i think it looks fun Mm. i think so too I don't uh, really have an opinion, honestly. Like, uh, I didn't watch Zack Snyder's. I didn't read the the novel or graphic novel, whatever it is. So also, I don't. You have no like frame of reference on Watchmen. No, I, I know like uh, you know I, I some basic characters and stuff that happens in the movie, but like other than that, like this kind of confuses me. Like I know what the Watchmen are, but other than that, like it's just like. Well, this seems to exist in some weird universe. It's like not quite a sequel to the movie. It's not quite a sequel to the books. Well, Doctor Manhattan's is... in it, though, right? Well, yeah, but yeah. It, it's like the and it's Rorschach. in the same world, but there are key differences mm. between the movie and the book. I, Bill, okay. I, and people aren't sure. I would say skip the movie mm-hmm. skip completely. The movie. You uh-huh. could knock the book out in two bathroom breaks. And I will say that the book is good. Yeah. It, it's, it is thought of as a classic forever. You'll like it. And, you will, I know and, you will like it, Bill. Okay. You'll enjoy it. And here's the thing. If, if you're unsure, here's an actual quote from Damon Lindelof that he said as they were entering into early production. Uh, but I think it's important to share... Uh, because a lot of people were wondering where this fits in the Watchmen timeline. Those original 12 issues are our Old Testament. Mm-hmm. When the New Testament came along, it did not erase what came before it. Creation, the Garden of Eden, Abraham and Isaac, the Flood. It all happened, and so it will be with Watchmen. I almost <laughs> wanted to make you stop talking like 
10 seconds into that quote. <laughs> I could go on, but then it's just a collection of spoilers for the book, and if Bill's going to read uh-huh. it, he should just so read it. So you're telling me this guy's a douche? <laughs> it's Damon Lindelof. Okay, I gotcha. He's running the show. All right, well, douchebag's running Watchmen, cool. <laughs> oh, look, it didn't it didn't stop the movie from happening. That's true. <laughs> But I'm I'm curious. It, it was interesting to see in the Comic Con trailer, uh, Doctor Manhattan. I think it looks mm-hmm. really interesting. I think that it looks like they put a lot of money into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like seeing Don Johnson in there because I think Don Johnson's the stuff he's done in the last five or seven years. I've always been like, why he, this dude's totally poised for a comeback? Why hasn't he done anything else? Because he's been Eastbound and Down mm-hmm. and. I mean, like he's just been in a lot of good stuff, and um, I don't know. I think it. I think it looks like it has nothing to do with the comic, but I think it looks like a really interesting social uh, yeah, it, movie. Yeah, it looks like it is going to take a look at the world through this lens, which is exactly what the comic did all those years ago. And supposedly, uh, oh, who's playing her? I can tell you in a Regina second. King. Uh, well, it, it's, uh, she, yeah, she's in it, but, uh, what I was gonna say is, uh, Silk Spectre is in it, but it's, she is, uh, older. I think she's kind of the agent lady that you see was that, in the... Was that Malin Ackerman? No, it wasn't. No, 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 it's not the same actress, okay. but the character is the okay. same. I saw that somewhere. I think she's the one who in the trailer is like... You know, what's the difference between a police officer wearing a mask and a masked vigilante? And when they're like, I don't know, and she goes, I don't either. But no, it looks like it's going to be interesting, so that'll premiere October 20th on HBO. So Let's hope they handle their social issues better than the last season of Doctor Who. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, what happened? Hope- Let's hope they handle the plot better than the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Not great, Bob. Not great. Now I'm going to just turn this over briefly to Beth. For I'll do a setup. But Will Poulter uh, has been cast in the upcoming Lord of the Rings series for Amazon. Unclear as to who he's going to play. Beth, you may speculate for a minute or two. Okay. So, what I am thinking is, obviously, this is a prequel to Lord of the Rings that takes place during the Second Age. Um, And so, my theories are either he is Elendil, who, if you remember the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, when Galadriel is narrating the prologue at the beginning of the movie. um, There is old guy with beard who gets instantly killed by Sauron's mace. That is uh, King Elendil, so he could be that. Uh, he could be Elendil. He could be Isildur, who is the guy who cuts the rings, the ring off uh, Sauron's hand, and is causes Sauron. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. you know, destroy it. No. Um, but uh, so he could be Isildur, which would be interesting, and then they might, you know, end the series with him cutting off Sauron's hand, which would be cool, or Sauron's finger, and um. Like, there's a possibility, I guess, that he could be Hot Sauron, but I hot think Sauron. that they'll go with hot somebody Sauron. older. Hot because Sauron! I cannot stress enough the importance that during this time, Sauron could be hot, 
and really mm-hmm. did try to be hot because he mm-hmm. was a shapeshifter at the time. No, no and he was trying to look innocent. Are you and saying? Good. I would say that he was very hot in the Lord of the Rings <laughs> movies. He was a giant flaming eye. True, he was. This is true. He's got this you there. This is true. I, I, I should, uh, you know, I shouldn't just conform myself to modern beauty standards. So if you <laughs> think that the giant flaming eye was hot, you know, I don't want to disagree with you. Um, Thank you. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, so there's a possibility he could be hot Sauron, but I think that he, hot Sauron will be a, played by a little bit of an older actor. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this is the story of Numenor, which is where Aragorn's family is from. And it was this great kingdom of men that uh, was uh, that vanished under the waves like Atlantis uh, because of the machinations of Hot Sauron. Mm-hmm. So I, I am very excited. I think that there's a lot of drama and uh, uh, and uh, politics and high fantasy and battles that we could get into, and I'm really interested to see. Whether he'll be playing Elendil or Isildur, because that will that will determine the nature of the story. <laughs> Will Poulter has an interesting uh, uh, filmography. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I mean, he... he he was in We're the Millers, which is mm-hmm. a, which is just a dumb comedy. Uh-huh. He was in The Maze Runner, which uh-huh. I didn't care for. He was in uh-huh. The Revenant, which was an Oscar winner, and he was in Son of Rambo, which is an awesome. movie. Mm-hmm. And, and he's he was I, he was I've just in midsummer. And yeah, he, he was just in. Mid-summer. Oh, has anybody seen that? I'm dying to see. Yeah, that. I it's I wasn't ready for like the the pardon my French the um fucking trip that it was gonna take me on. Oh man, I love because it's um it's brutal. Like it's it's just there are parts that are just gross, but mm-hmm. like if you like it, it's. It's one of the well, heredity most... was like that though. Heredity yeah, was a yeah, real yeah. mind trip. It's it, it's one of the most visually heredity. stunning movies I've ever seen though. Like because uh-huh. the when the there's there's a scene where they like take mushrooms and like as they're doing it like the screen with all these like this beautiful vistas and all this shit and I think they're in Norway or wherever they're at and it just moves around with it. It's really trippy and really gross and just so out there man like i you should see it at least once just because like i think it's really good filmmaking but at the same time like i needed it like an upper afterwards where like i was just so down where it was like mm-hmm. wow this is wow what 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 is life so i just watched chef like, yeah <laughs> he was he was also in uh bandersnatch yeah the black mirror bandersnatch yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it his filmography is that, that all huge over waste the place. of time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Chronicles of Nar- Narnia: The yeah. Voyage of the Dawn Treader. He played like such a little shit in that movie that like every Used time to I scrub. Yeah. I forgot that was an actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He that's and because, the, uh, because the Chronicles he... of Narnia and the Fantabulous Emancipation <laughs> Plan used to scrub. <laughs> And you know, like because he his filmography mostly tends to be villains for the most part. Mm-hmm. It seems like I, I I haven't seen Midsummer, so I don't know uh, what his role is in that. He's just um, kind of an idiot. Like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So like, if they want to go evil, but like not hot Sauron, there is the evil king, <laughs> our Farazone, who 
uh, like declares war on the elves because he gets seduced by hot Sauron and then tries to like invade the land of the gods and gets buried alive for forever. <laughs> are you, Tolkien are you, was are weird. You, are you <laughs> assuming he'll play a villain because he's? I mean, you just assume because because he, he's kind of known for villains. Is that kind of um, why you've assigned him that, or? Well, you know, my my still my initial thing is that he'll be like a Lindil or a Sildor is what I'm mostly thinking at this point, and and they're both heroes, like of a sort. They're like uh, they're they're both the heroes of the Numenor story. That's my gut instinct is that he'll be one of those two, because before Isildur like took the ring, he was a hero. So. Mm-hmm. Beth can talk at length about yes, the Silmarillion. Yes, yes, and I promised Daniel I wouldn't talk for too no, long. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> I, I, I mean, as we go on, we'll get probably more and more about what yes. the show even is. I am so excited about it. Like, I am. Uh, I know that they have like a bunch of Tolkien scholars on board, and apparently the the Tolkien estate has like veto power on everything. So they're. <sighs> Uh, uh. So I think they've they're watching it pretty closely. It seems like too bad they didn't have that with the Hobbit. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, I did hear that they had that New Zealand had at least secured some filming for this series. Uh, you have to. There was like you just you have to. Yeah. There there was some concern that like they they would not be using New Zealand, but um I think that uh, the country has. Uh, has sort of secured at least some of that, which is good. We'll have to see uh, see what we continue to hear about that. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Nerds for Normal People. I'd like to thank Chris, Bill, and Beth for joining me. Uh, we'll start with Bill. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Star Wars Bill, and please listen to my uh, podcast, uh, Skywalking Through the League. We talk Star Wars. Uh, with my co-host Trey, and we have been recording on a consistent schedule now. <laughs> so we've had uh, two episodes the past two weeks, so it's been really, really good to talk Star Wars with one of my best friends, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it, so if you guys would please listen, we would really, really appreciate it. Thanks, and thank you, thanks for having me on, Overcomer. You're, you're welcome, Overcomer. Thanks, one Overcomer. quick question. Uh-huh. What's a consistent schedule? Uh, well, ep- I, don't, I don't know what uh, that is. An episode a week. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Whew. Yeah, I'm not gonna make a promise on that yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for us. That's yeah. Uh, Beth, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dunce Librarian, the UNS Librarian. And uh, for the love of God, if you get magic glowy fairy powers, keep them. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I second that. And Chris, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I uh, am on the Funkhauser Situation podcast with our dear friend Lee Cruz. That is not on a consistent schedule right now because <laughs> I am traversing the state with our friend, our mutual friend Matt Jones. Um, Heard of him. Writing the uh, book uh, Mitch Please, which is a county uh, by county I've... look at the state and. You know what's going on right I think here. I've heard a little bit about that mm-hmm. book. Maybe so. So, yeah. But thank it's it, uh, I haven't been able to be on here for a while and it was so great to hit that pressure release valve and talk to you guys tonight. So, thank yeah. you. You are always welcome. 
Uh, we would love to have you on, Chris. Whenever you are in a place <laughs> that you can actually get on to do the podcast and not somewhere in r- rural Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Well, we do share hotel rooms, so there's no chance that I'm going to be able to sit at a hotel room <laughs> desk and be part of this without Matt mocking me mercilessly. So, uh, I don't know, that almost is more tempting to me. <laughs> to just like get a microphone that could pick up him in the background just being like, Look at these nerds. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and you can pre-order that book on Amazon, you can, right? Yes, you can, and hopefully it'll be written by the time <laughs> by the time it says that you're gonna get it. <laughs> we'll see. It's a race against time. We believe in you, Thank Chris. Thank you. I appreciate that. I trust you more than I do George R. R. Martin. So, <laughs> well, we do wear the same oh, no. hat. <laughs> How many characters are you planning on killing off in Mitch? Please, I'm killing, I'm killing several judge executives off. Oh, and, uh... <laughs> oh man! All right. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Dunstan. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Nerds4Normal. That's Nerds, the number four, normal. Uh, and you can keep an eye out there. We'll post usually fun links to nerdy stories and fun stuff throughout the week. And also post whenever there's a new episode. Uh, might even just start posting and asking questions to see if people have potential topics that they want us to talk about. But... Yeah, so we appreciate you listening. Write us a review on iTunes. It helps. <laughs> it helps me feel like this isn't a waste of time. I'm screaming into a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave a review that says, I listen to this, period. <laughs> Just like, I'm here, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank, thank you all for listening, and as always, see you nerds! <laughs>